Hello and welcome to Titanic Tottenham with your hosts James Mervyn and Daryl Wadsworth. So we're just recording after the Chelsea game. Daryl, are you happy with this result? Is it a point gained or is it two points dropped? Definitely happy. I mean, top of the league for another week, two weeks in a row. That's the past two recordings now. We've been top of the league. I mean, of course I'm going to be happy, but performance-wise, you know, it's not a classic. It's not one you'll be watching on match of the day, probably again tonight, but... In my opinion, it's a point gain for us in our search for the title, and I think we'll be the happier out of the two sides. Interesting the 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 say there. You're saying the search for the title. Yeah, well, it's time. <laughs> it's, maybe it's time to believe now. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to get too ahead of myself, but I, like I said in the last episode, I'm quite an optimistic. Yeah. Spurs fan, and I think I don't know. I just thought with that performance today, uh, we've went to Stamford Bridge. We've won once in our past twenty-eight visits which is an absolutely shambolic record to have anywhere. So I feel like to get a point today, it was it was a good point. What about yourself? How did you feel it went? Do you know what? Going into the game, I had no real feelings about it. I felt slightly confident, but if you had said to me, you know, in the last week or so, go to Man City, win, go to Ch- sorry, you know, win against Man City, and then go and take a draw with Chelsea, like you'd have put someone's oh, yeah, off Definitely, it. definitely. So you would have, I mean... Don't get me wrong, I was a bit surprised given the, the team selection, which um you pretty much hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. in the last episode. Told you I know my stuff, James. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed because I thought that Kane and Sam were pretty anonymous during the game. I think that's just I, the, I think... the new Mourinho setup. You know, we're not going to see Kane and Son blister and scoring goals for fun every single game. You know, yeah. there is going to be these type of games where they're going to be a bit deeper. I mean, you've seen it in the last game with Son. He was basically playing as a right back, and Harry Kane was dropping into centre defensive mid. It was the same again the day. Some was dropping quite deep, and so was Kane. But I feel like that was the tactics to go with today. I think we invited Chelsea on to us, and to be honest, they had they had no ideas. They were resulting to first time balls into the box crosses, yeah. and fortunately for us, none of them were met by by Abraham. He missed a few chances today, but other than that, I mean, Jose Mourinho said it in his Instagram post after the game. One shot, one save. And for a Spurs keeper at Stamford Bridge, I think that's it's not bad stats. I think it's also uh, interesting to note as well, Jose Mourinho's post-match comments said that the players in the dressing room were very unhappy. And I mean, I think that does, I know we've touched on Mourinho a lot on the, the first episode. But again, that's showing the, the change of culture. Um, on the pitch as well, I thought that, you know, even when we were watching the game as well, together, Darrell, there was times I was really frustrated that the likes of Kane and Son weren't pressing, especially high high in the pitch. Whether that the likes of Tago Silva or Zuma run from the back, but I thought they defended well as a unit. So, do you think Jose got his tactics spot on today? I think so. I think so. You were quite frustrated watching the game. You were yeah. saying we need to be going in more. I was more happy enough. I, think I, was, because, I was more happy yeah. enough for the players to set back, soak up the pressure because they look confident in doing it. You know, I've watched Spurs sides try and do this in the past. And you know you've always got this feeling that it's they're gonna score, you know. But today, yeah. Chelsea just they weren't that threatening. It was the same against Man City as well. We're resulting in the shots. I think that's five clean sheets in a row now in the Premier League, and our previous five away games undefeated. Yeah. So I think today tactics absolutely spot on. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, wasn't a great watch. Uh, wasn't very enjoyable to watch, but in the end, and at the end of the season, it's the results that will matter the most. I, th- I think that epitomises Jose Mourinho's football. I mean, it's not obviously going to be pretty in the eye, but 
if it's gonna help us win in crucial moments, you'll take it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as I said, there if you basically looked at this fixture list and you said you're gonna beat Man City and you're gonna draw away to Chelsea, you pretty much take it. And um, what did you think of Jose Mourinho's substitutions? I mean, there was times I was watching the game, and I was getting very frustrated because I felt our best chances fell to Stephen Bergvine, mm-hmm. and he didn't grasp it. <clears throat> and part of me was thinking, if that was Gareth Bale, would he have scored? I think you're being quite harsh on Bergvine there. I thought he had a he had a good game, he had a solid game, and Gareth Bale, he's yet to hit the ground running just yet. I don't mm. think it was the game for Bale today. Um, I didn't think it was the game for him last week either against Man City. I think Bergvine. When is the game for Gareth Bale though? Because when you think about it, right, we got Gareth Bale in. There's so much hype between the Spurs fan base. We can't keep throwing him on the Europa League matches. And I mean, personally, in my opinion, I don't think he's done much Europa League. And then you're thinking, what games will they come on and make an impact? Fair enough, he scored. You know, when he came mm-hmm. on against what was it West Brom, wasn't it? Brighton. Brighton. Sorry, yeah. And you were kind of thinking, right, okay, Bale of old back, yeah. goal, confidence. Surely Jose will give him a start. Mm-hmm. I just thought I just think in a game where it's a bit more, a bit more where we have the ball, I think that's the type of game for Gareth Bale because he is going to be the player that's going to make stuff happen. I think if he comes on the day, he's going to be probably anonymous in the game. He's just going to be like Bale and or uh, Kane and Son in the attacking sense. So I just thought today it was a game for pace on the counter attack, yeah. and that's why Bergvang got the nod and Lucas Moura come on in uh, the final stages. It was also interesting, I thought, during the game where, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, right, okay, last five, ten minutes, you think he's going to throw on either Bill or Lucas Moura, but then he brings on Ben Davis. Ben Davis. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's going on here? Um, but, th- but then he brings on Lucas Moura with four minutes to go. Yeah, I mean, it's classic Jose. It's classic Jose. He's thinking, we'll see the game out, we'll get a point, but then maybe a wee spanner in the works. He'll throw on Lucas and maybe he'll make something happen. And... Towards the end, we were unlucky not to nick it when the ball fell to Lucas Mora. He gives it to Lacelso, and I don't know what Lacelso was thinking or trying to do, but it was a. Uh, we were both standing up at that point. We thought, yeah, this is it, we're going to nick it here. Score, yeah, but he, he kicked it out of play, and that was that. But thought it was a thought it was a decent performance all around from Spurs. I think today. one of the major talking points that we, we touched upon in the first episode was Alderweireld's missing, Tanganga played midweek, Joe Rudin, will he start? He started today. How did you think? What did you think of his performance style? Um, it was always going to be a toss up for centre back with Alderweireld being missing. Obviously, a big miss. He's been colossal for us in recent weeks and in his Spurs career in general. So it was always going to be a a tough selection. But like we said, Tanganga played midweek. So did Sanchez. Uh, so Joe Royden's come in, and you know what? I thought he done okay. I thought he done okay. I think probably about a six six out of ten performance from him. He done quite well in the first half. I mean, uh, he had well, the I mean, joint, he had yeah. the joint most interceptions and the joint most clearances of anyone out there. But he also lost possession and had a passing accuracy below eighty percent. I mean, listen, I I felt today the some of the team at time, I felt that we've been anonymous on the pitch. Mm. I mean, Hoiberg had very little to do. I think he wasn't really troubled. Son and Kane, which we touched upon, didn't have great chances in the game. Regulon's performance, the fullbacks in general, Regulon and Oyer. How did you feel about them too? Um, I think yet again they were restricted in the sense that they couldn't really go forward too much. We've seen a few bursts from Regulon more than Oyer. Oyer was up the pitch sometimes, but it was more Regulon that would try and beat him on. 
And boy, he's rapid though. He is quick. He's yeah. a very, very quick. He, he surprises you. He almost surprises you with how quick he is again. I thought Reglon, I mean, at times when he did burst forward, I think he was that spark which was so badly needed in the game in a mm-hmm. second sense. I mean, I think him, and personally speaking, I think my man of the match was Tangy on Mbappé. Oh, what, what a performance very from good, him again. Very good player, very good player. And he really is. He does have them glimpses of Moussa Dembele. Yeah. The way he holds the ball, Tidy can get out of tight areas, and it's absolutely fantastic to see more of him and what he can do this season because he is a quality player and he's really shown it. And not just against anyone now. It's not like he's doing it in the Europa League. I mean, he's done it now against Man City yeah. with their midfield against De Bruyne and stuff. He's doing it against potential title challengers. Bob. Yeah, and today against Conte as well. Was there anybody else who you would have considered would have been your man in the match or was it always on Dembele? Because as I mentioned, I felt the whole team were quiet in general. Maybe mm. the second best player in the in a Spurs shirt, in my opinion, was probably Reginald. Mm. Or maybe I might be too harsh. I on think the I think I think you're being too harsh on the team, and but I think a lot of people will probably agree with you, in the sense that we're probably, it's because we have these great players, and you expect them to go and maybe attack a bit more. But probably you know, expecting the Spurs of old on the counter. Yeah, attack. yeah, on the counter attack. But you know, as any manager will tell you, it's the results business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Performances, they can be good, they can be bad. The result might change. Just because you play good doesn't mean you're going to win a football match. You know what I mean? So I think, as frustrating as it was to watch and it wasn't a thriller, I'm happy with the point yeah. and the players' performances. So obviously, do you think having no fans in the ground kind of affected us or worked on a positive note, given our record at Stamford Bridge? Well, pre-game, as I was saying, yeah, I was very nervous. Very excited as well, but very nervous. But I just think, I think the new fans probably suited us today. But like you said, uh, no fans suiting us. But like you said earlier on, if the fans had been there, it might have edged Chelsea on a bit more. Or they might have got on their back, so it might have played in the our hands. Mm. But I just think it sort of took the level of intensity in the derby down a level. Yeah, I thought with no fans there, I thought that was probably more suited to us than Chelsea. What did you think? I mean, listen, any derby, it's kind of going to go either way. But you do like to think with the fans on either home side, you will have that advantage. But I mean, you know, I definitely think it was probably a positive. It did work in our favour that there was no fans. Because with the amount of chances that Chelsea did kind of create, and they did have a bit of a fair share of the ball at times, and they were putting crosses into the box, which were screaming out for the likes of Giroud or Abraham to get their head on. I think that loads of Chelsea fans would have got frustrated with the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, da- I, definitely, I definitely feel that them and not, you know, not having fans kind of worked in their benefit mm. to a certain degree. And especially that they're cock up by, uh, I think it was Zuma for the Lissasso oh, yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. Like their fans would have been straight on their backs. Well, this is the thing. If maybe there is fans in the ground, maybe final 10 minutes, maybe Mourinho's substitutions are different because he's feeling... The energy of the crowd, you know what I mean? If it's still yeah. nil-nil towards the final 10 minutes, the Chelsea fans are going to be nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to be nervous, and maybe Mourinho made us smelt blood then, but I just thought the way the game was going with no fans, it was it was easier to kill the game. I can imagine in the way into the last 10 minutes, bail, bail, probably oh, a good yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to, especially, to with, especially the way they warm up down beside where the away fans are. Yeah. So you probably would have seen them, but I think... It just wasn't the game for Bill. I think he'll be back maybe in the next game or so. I, it would be interesting to see if he features against Arsenal. Yeah. Do you think he will? 
you know, we keep saying when, when's the game for Gareth Bale? Like, but mm-hmm. no other thing against that that team from South London. Uh-huh. Like, is there really? I can see him starting. Maybe you know. Are we? Well, yeah. well, do you know what? I mean, we're probably too harsh. Well, I'm personally too harsh. Maybe on Bergwijn, the chances that he's missed. Mm-hmm. Mourinho will probably say okay. Stevie's came into the team, done quite well. Fair enough. He's missed the one chance, and he's missed the one setup. I think it was the Undan Belly mm-hmm. as well. We'll probably keep him in the team, and I think he'll, he'll have Bill on the bench. Well, it was his, uh, Bergvine's first away start since July, so he hasn't played too much football for Spurs in recent times. But I think it's it's good to see him back in the fold because when you when we signed Bill, you probably have. Bergvine behind Lucas at the start of the season, just judged on Bergvine's I mean, the way listen, he's been playing. Bergvine hasn't had a, a really like a bad start. He hasn't done anything majorly to impress me, and he hasn't done anything majorly wrong either. No, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's been all right. Do you think his price tags affected him? How some Spurs fans perceive him? What was he? Twenty odd million or so. 20, Twenty-seven million for twenty-seven PSG million. Center, yeah. I mean, twenty-seven million in today's market's not bad. I think for a winger as well. He's young as well. I think he's only twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. He's young as well. Yeah. So I think, I think he's doing okay. You know, and Mourinho seems to seems to like him. I remember watching that Amazon documentary. Mourinho was happy for him to come in. I think Mourinho really appreciates kind of his work rate. And yeah. The fact that he is a team player. Speaking of team players today, how did you analyze Musa Suzuki's performance? I thought he was good. Uh, he could have done with changing his boots a few times. I thought he kept slipping. And for the Werner goal, actually, he slipped and it looked like it was going to be 1-0. So that had a bit of a heart-and-mouth moment. But I think his work rate for the team and the way he plays, it can't be can't be underestimated. I think he's a crucial part of the team. And you would have him starting in the midfield most weeks because uh, midfield three of Lo Celso and Dombele and Hoiberg, I just don't know if it's it wouldn't be right for the big games anyway. I mean, listen, I think you know all Spurs fans can probably appreciate the work rate that Moussa Suzuko puts on, you know, every time he puts on a Spurs shirt. And I think that today was kind of cemented in the fact that he was covering for Serge Oyer a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was bouncing about the team in the midfield a lot. Well, you notice the way whenever we're set up, whenever Chelsea have the ball and they're coming forward, we were slotting into a 5-3-2. Yeah. Suzuko was dropping back into the centre-back, sort of right centre-back role. And it was the same with Hoiberg. I've seen him drop back a few times as well. But... I think Sissoko's work rate for the side and what he does. I think he what he lacks in ability, he definitely makes up for in work rate. Yeah, work rate, yeah. Because you're not going to find many other midfielders that are going to do the job of dropping back yeah. in the centre-back slash right-back. His you know decision-making I mean? sometimes really frustrates me, though, Daryl. Yeah. It really, really frustrates me. You I mean, there was time there... One of the, the chances as well we forgot to touch upon was um, all your shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Sissoko goes for the volley... He says his name and lights there. It does. It epitomizes Suzuko's time in a Spurs shirt, like doesn't yeah. it? He works hard for the team, and then you think to yourself, Suzuko just play a simple pass, and he goes for the fucking. But that's that's the thing as well. <laughs> he goes for the when he's lining his, up his name and lights, doesn't he? When he's lining up for it, you're almost ready to laugh, and when he misses, you laugh. If that's any other player, you're shouting and shouting and blinding and swearing and like what what are you doing? But whenever it's Musa Suzuko, yeah, you you do laugh and. You shouldn't be laughing if your player's missing a chance, if he's missed kicking the ball. Yeah. But it's just Sissoko, you gotta love him, like, don't you? He's the goat. As the, as the, as the Spurs <laughs> he fans is, say. He is the goat, like, I mean, um, listen, as, as I said there, it's just his decision making at times just really frustrates me. And 
I can understand why he keeps his place in the side, but then other times too, you've got the likes of Lasalso on the bench. You're kind of like, do you want to see Lasalso mm. to see what he can, what he can bring if he does start the full ninety? I would love to see the midfield three of them, three against. Maybe when you speak of the midfield three, do you mean Hoiberg on the belly on the Celso? When I speak of the midfield three, I mean the the regular midfield three that should be Sissoko, Hoiberg, and Ondembele. Mm-hmm. But the midfield three, probably every Spurs fan wants to see. And if you say, "Give me your best Spurs eleven, the Celso's in there. The yeah. in there. Yeah. But the big games, he's not ready for them just yet because we need that defensive cover because of the style of play. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe Lacelso and Dombele and Hoiberg you know I'm sure they'll start together at some point with a lot of fixtures coming up I mean maybe the Crystal Palace game coming up could be the perfect time listen it's also I mean obviously the back end of, of last season he, he was kind of our main man but that, I mean that kind of that, that goes with how bad the team was and the lack of attacking options that we had mm-hmm. has he almost been the quiet man this season bar the Man City goal I think so I think at times last season, especially, I think it was the game in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough. He grabbed grabbed the attention then. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, he played really well. Uh, because do you remember last season at the start when we signed him, he, he wasn't really playing? No, he wasn't at all. He wasn't really was, in the team. There was so much hype. There was talk of actually yeah. selling, selling him again. Because we had him on loan just, didn't we? Yeah, we had him on loan initially. And then obviously, I think when he kind of won over Mourinho. I think the, the permanent deal was announced the same day that was sold. Ericsson yeah Milan. yeah that's right that's right so it was but um, I mean I, I do I do think there's a player in the Salso and I do think sometimes like his work rate kind of goes unnoticed and his his actual technical ability goes unnoticed because there is better players around him mm-hmm. if that makes sense if you look at the Salso maybe in a lesser Premier League team then you kind of think oh there's no doubt he's, he's the main man there's you know? no doubt the Salso is a quality player I just think this season it's been all about Undimbele it's the same way for the way Ross Bartley's came into that Villa team and he's almost underappreciated Chelsea goes into that Villa team he's the main man I can't, you can't be comparing Lacelso to Barkley yeah, I think Lacelso's <laughs> levels above Barkley levels I think that's why that's why Barkley's at Villa and Lacelso's at Spurs yeah that's you know true I mean? but in, in terms of like how they are as a player yeah do you know what I mean if Lacelso plays on a Leicester team he gets recognised more do you understand where I'm coming from there I understand where you're coming from but I just think there is still a quality player in Lacelso, and he is valuable to the side. I think Ndombele this season has taken the plaudits. He's sort of taken. On well, well, he, he's he's, be, best, he's yeah. basically taken Lacelso's spot in the team. Because think back to last season, towards the end, Lacelso's starting, mm-hmm. and Ndombele is the one on the bench, yeah. maybe getting the last half an hour, yeah. if even. Do you know what I mean? Well, so I think, I think Lacelso, he's work to be done, but. I just think when we're playing the big sides like today, Chelsea, it's Sissoko and Heuberg Do you think the Celso is the finished article or do you think he's a work in progress? The same way on the belly was last year. I think they're both still work in progresses. They're both progressing. And let's not forget, the Celso is young as well. Yeah, 24. 24 as well, you know what I mean? So whenever you actually break these players down in the Spurs side, they're all young. They've all got youth on their side. So I think we're yet to see the best of the Celso. But I mean, yeah, he made the wrong decision at the end of the game today. But... He also got the match winner last week, yeah, so yeah. and he's, it's good to see him getting in these positions, getting forward, and we were unlucky not to nick yeah. it today in the end. I mean, definitely, I think I think you said to me as well before recording that could have probably been one of the best technical performances you've probably yeah, seen. Mourinho masterclass, if, <laughs> if there ever was one. Yeah, if, if we got that one 0 victory, but unfortunately, didn't fall for us today. But does it leave you feel optimistic for the the Arsenal game? 
Oh, definitely. On Sunday? Oh, definitely. I think. I mean, we're top of the league. You yeah. know what I mean? So, just going to say that again. We're <laughs> top of the league. Again. Yeah, listen, two, two weeks running top of the league. I mean, does make me feel very optimistic. Especially, you know, when you consider the fact that some people would think playing Europa League football would be a hindrance to mm-hmm. the league form. I well, you look at Burnley last season, was it? They were in the Europa League yeah. the previous season. And they struggled. Same with Wolves. They dropped off of being in the Europa League. Mm. But I just think being out of the Champions League maybe has been a bonus for us this year because it's not the same level of intensity. Yeah. It's allowing yeah. our... Because basically whenever we're playing Europa League, it's the second string of players yeah. starting. So it's like two, two, two different 11s. So it's keeping the main players fresh and it's giving the fringe players game time. Another I think it's absolutely perfect for the squad. And it's going back to the start of the season as well. We probably had... Them qualifiers, although we sludged our way through them, that was probably a good thing in the long run, and we were complaining about the fixtures. So I think that sort of given us a pre-season has given us an advantage now, yeah. and that's why we're top of the league. I just think probably them Europa League games kind of was like a mini pre-season mm-hmm. for some of the players because the level of intensity wasn't there. Uh, they were playing like it was pre-season anyway. Yeah. They were giving me a heart attack a few <laughs> times. Another notable absentee from the squad today was Dele Alli. Mm-hmm. Um What's that spell for his future, do you think, Darrell? Especially well, in a, a fixture where he's been quite impressive. Yeah. Look at two years ago, he scored the, the brace against Chelsea. I just don't think he's in the manager's plans at the minute. I, still, I said, touched on this the other day, says uh, he's just got a lot of work to do. Of course, we would have loved to see Deli Alley of old out there today, but I just don't think he's he's up to it just yet. But like I said, he had a good positive performance midweek and hopefully he's not too far away from getting back in the contention. Well, listen, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yep. Two weeks on the trot, we're top of the league. Positive positive result on paper, I think, against Chelsea. Definitely. Positive result on paper. Positive result all round. I mean, not one you'll watch, not a classic. Not one you'll be staying up for a match of the day, but point's a point, and at Stamford Bridge, we always welcome the point, and we're top of the league for another week anyway. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Titanic Spurs. You can follow me on Twitter at James M. Mervyn, and that's Mervyn spelled M-E-R-V-Y-N. You can also follow Daryl at... At Wadsworth Sport, and we're also on Instagram, and that is at Titanic Spurs. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until next time, up the Spurs.